Okay. Live from the landing ship in Houston, Texas, is the 407th edition of Houston Wrestling Radio. This is Abel. This is Chris. And thank you so much for tuning in. This is a very, very special edition of Houston Wrestling Radio. Our season premiere! Wait, right? Well, that necessary season premiere. I mean, I guess so. Kinda. <laughs> if you want to count this as a season. Is everyone else. A season premiere? I got yeah. Well, it's our 10-year anniversary show. We've been doing this for 10 years. You've been doing this for 10 years. I've been doing this for, you've been doing this for what? Nine, nine and a half. Nine, nine and three quarters. Something like that. We brought you in a little late. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years, y'all. Wow. 10 years that we've been doing this. I can't believe it. Should have uh, stopped at seven. Yeah. <laughs> Should have stopped at four. COVID kind of like, geez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should have stopped a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've been doing this for 10 years. So uh, that's... Pretty cool. I was very dumbfounded when uh, you mentioned that to yeah, me, Chris. No idea. It's like, hey, isn't this our anniversary? Uh, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, forgot our anniversary, but yeah, we've been doing this for ten years. You, you, you crazy son of a bitch. Cheers, brother. Cheers. <sighs> Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for all the one to two people that actually tune in. Yeah. <laughs> If you are watching us live, <laughs> By the thank way. you so much. You could uh, log into your YouTube account. Uh, that way you can chat along with us on the live chat. I'll have you pulled up on the handy-dandy smartphone and try to involve you as best as I can in the show. So feel free to say hi. Wish us well on our anniversary. Fact check. Uh, ask questions. Talk shit. Whatever. I'll see it, and I will try to involve you as best as I can in the show. If you're not watching us live, that's okay. You can still interact with us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Houston Wrestling Radio, or just, you know, drop a comment down below here on the uh, YouTubes. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, turn on the notification for the bell, all that good stuff. That way you know whenever we're coming on. Twitter, still? Eh, Facebook, eh, still? Oh, well, yeah, Facebook, yeah. I said Our HWR uh, porn channel. Oh, we show yeah. move, new moves every week. Hey, Bob. Yeah. So, the three-handled credunzel is coming up next week. Credunzel? Yeah. Not a credenza. No. Credunzel. Yes, credunzel. Man, it's been a minute. Yep. If I were to tell you, if I were to ask you just up front, Mm -hmm. what would you want to talk about first as far as news? Sammy. Okay. Let's start with Sammy. Sammy. Fucker. Go for it. So, Sammy... Sammy. Did you sing that? Yes, so oh. <laughs> I caught that. Sammy said some shit. <laughs> he he's uh kind of his mouth kind of got himself into a little bit of trouble, um, by publicly tweeting things. So I guess it's not really his mouth; it's his thumbs. But whatever. Um, yeah, he he tweeted, and the the tweet wound up. Pissing off Andrade, el idolo. But I remember seeing something where somebody said that that 
tweet wasn't intended for Andrade, that it was intended for Daniel Garcia, that it was supposed to be like a kayfabe thing. The, the tweet that kind of started the whole snowball. And since Andrade was the one that spoke up, I you know, the, the theory was, um, well, the shoe fits. And if you're going to speak up, well, you're a tough guy wrestler. I'm a tough guy wrestler. We can't just let shit slide. So if you said something, well, now it's a thing and they got to keep on rolling. At least that's what the theory was. So we don't know if this was like a work that turned into a shoot by accident because they shot the wrong person uh, or this was a shoot all the time. The whole thing, you know, and the back and forth between Andrade and, and Sammy was legit. I don't know. Um, what, what are you seeing in the live chat? <laughs> Hashtag Fire Sammy from our uh, fourth uh, co-host. Yes, hello, That's Hector. That's in the chat. Oh, Jaime. Jaime's online. Jaime. He says, Houston Wrestling Radio is on fire. Well, we got, got plenty this, of, got water here. You got, got your liquid extinguisher right here. Fire extinguisher. All right, yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining us, y'all. Ten years. Ten years we've been at this. Yeah, I'm, still, see it I'm still dumbfounded. But, yeah. So, what do you think? You, you think the tweet, the Twitter beef uh, was... Tweet accidentally misconstrued to be directed at Andrade and then, well, the shoe fits, wear it kind of thing? Or do you think this was intentional as a work, intentional as a shoot? What do you think? I think it's just exhausting at this point. Um, I want my, my AEW entertainment to be on television. <laughs> two hours on Wednesday and that's it. Not Monday, Tuesday, or Friday. Or twice on Friday, this Friday. What the fuck is going on at backstage in AEW that these guys... Well, children, like uh, Sammy and Sammy. <laughs> at some point... So so Sammy had a problem with, with... or It's assumed with the tweets that he has a problem with Andrade. And then before, he had a problem with Eddie. And then before that, I think it was somebody else. Pam? Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you got to recognize what the problem is. And I think the problem is Sammy. Yeah. That, man, I can't, we're not supposed, are we supposed to hate on him? He's, he's one of ours. And that's what it's makes this hard. Down. Yeah, that's what makes this hard. I mean, he is one of ours, right? He's a, he's a local independent wrestler from Houston. Being involved somewhat in the independent scene at the time that he was involved, I don't really want to hate on the guy, you know. But, Sammy, you're making it hard to defend you. <laughs> Unless he's supposed to be a douche and he's playing character, which is working completely. Yeah. Because I'm sure someone is, has to be paying attention to what's going on online for them to book the main event that they did yeah. the way they did, to book the finish the way it did, and to just... Suck up the negative adulation. Yeah. Nedulation, I guess. Sure. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> From the audience that is com- that for whatever reason in Washington was completely aware of everything that was going on. Yeah. And was extra booing Sammy. Yeah. They put a little mustard on that one. Which, he's a heel. And if they're trying to get heat on him, it's working. Again. With, that, with that audience that is yeah. like supposedly yeah. smirk. Than yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's working though. If if this was a work, it's working. 
if that makes sense yes. you know if, if it's a work if they're just trying to really use the backstage shenanigans as a second layer of kayfabe if if they're that smart about it and they're really doing that they're doing a damn good job because it's it's now translating to the ring i remember having a, a conversation with dupron uh probably shouldn't have said that but i was having a conversation with a local indie wrestler <laughs> um while we we're driving to was he super yes <laughs> while driving to the show uh because you know i had to pick him up uh <laughs> gotta start somewhere uh, somebody uh says hector why are you not in the video he says i got some work to do at home yet you're in the live chat you asshole you're so busy, but oh, you can't make it to the show. Eh? Is that AEW's newest signee? I've never seen that person. Tadoshi! Yeah. Tadoshi. Tadoshi. Oof. Hello, Wait. Tadoshi. Is it Tadoshi or Tadoshi? Or Tadoshi? Ah. Hey. Well, there's two eyes. I agree with your friend. Tadoshi E? Tadoshi E. Tadoshi E. Tadoshi E. Yeah, Tadoshi E. Yeah. Tadoshi E. All right, we're gonna spend the next fifteen yes. minutes just bum fucking yes. around his name because yes. that's how it's, it's Sammy. You got a, he's got a face yeah. you want to punch. So welcome to the live chat, Toady, and <laughs> dry your sprockets before they come in the yes. house. All right, so yeah, back 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 to Sammy. Back to Sammy. Um, if it's working, it's working. Again, like where where is the line? So okay, was the MJF stuff a shoot that they turned into a work? Or was it a work all along? Because at some point in that whole thing, it was there was workage. Because or did um, MJF work himself into a shoot? Well, at some point, I th- no, I think he shot himself into a work. Right. Anyway, let me get back to my. <laughs> sorry, no. I, I'm I, I'm getting I'm getting jumped. Uh, I'm I'm getting confuzzled here. So back to what I was trying to say about the conversation that I had with Dupron. Conversation I had with him was that. Um, the stuff with Punk, because again, I'm trying to do all this conspiracy theory stuff about is it a work, is it not a work, right? I'm trying to talk to him about it. Yeah. Hey, what do you think? You're an actual wrestler, right? What do you think? And he says that a point that was brought up by Cornette is something that ringed true with him. Is that Rang true. Rang true. The banker over here. Rang true with him is that none of that drama translated to the product kayfabe in the ring. It didn't tra- Yet. It's, it, I know, but it didn't translate into a match. It didn't translate into ticket sales. It didn't translate into t-shirt sales. If anything, it hurt the business a little bit. And I agree with you with the yet part, right? Because it was the same way with MJF. Mm-hmm. The MJF didn't translate into ticket sales and this and that, whatever, because MJF was gone. And it was the whole yet. So, but... That was his that, that was his perspective as an actual professional wrestler. That's that's what he was saying. No, this is all shoot and it's messy and AEW's not controlling their people and it fucking sucks because And Tony Khan can't hire good people to control the people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a black eye on on the product. I might be going a little bit more to the Eric Bischoff instead of the Jim Cornette way, where it's like any publicity is good publicity. Controversy creates cash. Because while, yes, that dynamite after the punk stuff, uh, the main event, the ratings tanked. But the ratings at the beginning of the show were fucking high. 
right? So I wanted to see what the repercussion so, was going to be. So I'm not saying that they were successful at what they were trying to do. I'm just saying that's what I think they were trying to do. Now, all of it is work. Now, of course, there's all this tribalism right now in the IWC where if you say, oh, something in AEW could be a work. Now, all of a sudden, you're just, you know, a fart mark AEW guy that's just trying to, you know, convince yourself that the ship isn't burning and that you're sitting in the room with the entire room on fire and you're like this is fine and that's it like i get it am i a fan of AEW? yes do i want it to be a work yes but do i think it's a work too god damn i think it's a strong possibility and i'm not sure 100 so i don't want to say yeah fuck you it is a work but i'm like man i'm really leaning that way i'm like 60 40 on this you know I'm 50-50. Cause I'm gonna try to focus away from Sammy for a second. Alright. And not totally give him the benefit of the doubt, but not put all my ire toward not direct all my ire towards him. Because there's right. a guy involved in this that used to be in WWE. That currently is married? Married, married. to someone in WWE. Yeah. And who now understands that the leadership in WWE now treated him a hell of a whole lot better than the leadership that was in WWE before he left. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. And so what if all this was just a way for Andrea to try to get out of his contract and leave? You know, that's something Hector brought up in the live chat. Hector is saying the same thing that, you know, he's trying to actually get fired. Okay. So then that lends itself more towards okay on Andrade's side, he wanted to really, you know, kind of go off and see if he could get himself fired. So he's working, but working himself. He's going into business for himself, basically. Trying And the, the business that he's trying to do is get fired, which is kind of counterintuitive. But it may not be actual genuine hatred, genuine feelings, genuine uh, immaturity. Uh, maybe if that's the right word, maybe he's trying to put on a show and trying to put on an act so that he can get fired. Would it be worth it if he ends up back in WWE with his wife? You think? Do you, do you think the grass is greener with Andrade sticking it out in AEW as opposed to him going back to WWE? He's not a top five, top ten no, he's not. talent in AEW. No. He certainly won't be top five or top ten, ten in, WWE. in WWE. You know, he's only going to be top five, top ten in Mexico. And I hate to say it because we're both the brown. <laughs> right? But I don't think, I don't think he, he's going to become the next big thing going to WWE, staying in AEW. I mean, do you have a shot maybe in Japan? Maybe. You know, Los Cinco Renables de Japón was a big, big thing. You know, now is he's in La Faction Ingobernable. Ingobernable. Yes, thank you. Um, so I'm they're drowner than him. Yeah, they're trying to, you know, retread it a little bit. So I don't know if that can work going back to Japan. But going to, to, to Mexico, yeah, he'd be a top, top dog in Mexico. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but if a tree falls in Mexico and no Americans hear it. I mean, the Mexicans hear it. ¿Hace ruido o no? Sí, para los mexicanos. No más los mexicanos. <laughs> it only makes sense to the Mexicans, which is fine. You could make money. You could be a legend. Like, 
you ask uh, anybody from fucking Minnesota, you know, they were like, oh, goddamn, Hulk Hogan, he's the greatest wrestler ever. And they don't know anything about Blue Demon or El Santo, you know? But you go down to Guadalajara, oh, man, El Santo is a god, yeah. you know? <laughs> he's more than a saint, <laughs> you know? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, he's cool, but he's not El Santo, you know? El Santo, mero, mero. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's the same in Japan, dude. Same in Japan. If it wasn't for the Bullet Club, <laughs> nobody would know who the fuck Tanahashi is. You know? And I'm not saying Tanahashi is bad. Tanahashi is a great, phenomenal fucking wrestler. But he's big in Japan, not necessarily big in the States. And there was that crossover because of the Bullet Club that, oh, oh wow, Tanahashi. Oh, hey, look. Uh, uh, you know, all these other people, you know? Um, uh, Okada and... All right, you know. Yeah, a good transition, but we're rewind it a little bit because okay. before Okada and Tanahashi, there was Antonio Inoki. What do you guys think about PWF? What? It, it... Oh yeah, Antonio Inoki. That's another good. Recently passed away. I'm gonna give you a list of his accomplishments. Which one do you think is the most impactful? Okay. First ever IWGP champ. Okay. Twelve time world champ. Uh huh. WCW Hall of Famer. WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> Successfully negotiated the release of Japanese hostages from Saddam Hussein. And the creator of New Japan. And a little nugget that Corey Graves dropped on Raw on Monday. They actually finally acknowledged that Inoki beat Hogan for the WWF title. But yeah. the WWF never recognized it. Right, right. Out of all that. What's the most impactful? It's got to be getting the 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 Japanese folk out of uh, out of um, Saddam Hussein. Yeah, Saddam Hussein. I was going to say Iran, but that's Iraq, right? <laughs> yeah, getting them out of there uh, because that's that's real life shit. <laughs> you know, you're a, a wrestler turned politician, and you're doing real life international shit where you're actually saving lives. Come on, man. That, that That's above anything that could happen in the ring. But uh, if you're just talking about his wrestling career, I would have to go with actually establishing New Japan. Like, it, it, it's one thing to win titles and be the first ever title holder. But when you actually make the company, you're talking about significance. That is significant. How does that differ from Jerry Lawler in Memphis, Vern Gagne in AWA, uh... Uh, Von Eric in world class championship wrestling. Uh, Devil's advocate. I'm not. I'm not throwing shade on well, anything you just said. I mean, New Japan is a lot bigger than that, you know. So for Texas, yeah, Von Erics are royalty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, that kind of goes back to what I was just saying about El Santo versus you know Tanahashi. You know, they're both at that fucking upper echelon but in their respective countries so same thing in texas if you want to call texas a country uh in texas you know it doesn't get any bigger than the von erics back in their heyday right um so you know you're kind of comparing apples to apples but at the same time it's like or excuse me apples to oranges but at the same time it might be apples to apples you know if that makes sense um uh, we have somebody in the live chat who doesn't have a name he has numbers uh, 9482 DMG. And he says, uh, first IWGP. Uh, the main and, event in North Korea. The main event in North the Korea. Collision in Korea, yeah. 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 Or um, in boxing Muhammad Ali. Yeah. 
uh, old Tony. Uh, he's asking <laughs> what we think about Premier Wrestling Federation. Now, is he just talking about the local independent Houston thing, or is there something else that's bigger than that that I don't know of? So he's probably talking about the Houston thing. I'm assuming so. Okay. Uh, what is that? I don't know much about it, to be honest. I, I really don't. I know that like some of the local independent wrestlers here sometimes wrestle for them, too. But I don't I don't know much about that federation, to be honest. <laughs> I don't. Drop a link in the comments so that we can look into it. I definitely want to know what that is because that's new to me. I think they run in the same place that Loco runs at, which is that um, place uh, on Harrisburg. Um, it's like in one of those uh, warehouses that's like behind Harrisburg and like at 74th or 73rd or gotcha. something. Okay. Yeah. What are you thinking about Roman Reigns' next challenger for the WWF Unified Universal? Oh, that's World Dougie! Atlantic. The 9482 DMG, that's Dougie. That's the interim, unofficial interim commissioner of UPW. Oh, shit. Yeah. What's up, Dougie? Oh, dang. Yeah. You don't have to teach him how, huh? He knows <laughs> no. it? No, no. So is this like, is he like HR tonight? Like, you can't really like say what you, what you feel no, no, because no. he's, he's there? Or? He's interim. Interim, interim okay, commissioner. So he, yeah, the flag's still flying. Unofficial interim commissioner. Okay. Yeah, I could, I could get away with saying whatever the fuck I want. Okay, good. <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> You're in my house now. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit, this is his house. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in an apartment. Shut up. With my name on the lease. Right, shut up. <laughs> what was so the, about that what car was ride with Super Duper. Uh, oh, what, God. What, what, did you, what did he say about Dougie? <laughs> It's say nothing. Off off the record, before we started recording, what was that conversation? What nothing. We're, we're talking about CM Punk. <laughs> and we disagreed. And we're going to agree to disagree. Roman Reigns is next opponent for the unified world galactical and the universal timeshare. Channel. So we're getting into the actual preview of Extreme Rules now? or No, because this isn't Extreme Rules. This what? is for the Blood Money Show. What? Yes. Oh. The main event of Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia was announced. Oddly enough, for whatever reason, the, the scheduling happened. I was actually in Vegas the weekend that they did this press conference. Roman Reigns will be defending the belt against... <gasps> Logan Paul. Logan Paul. I Okay, I'm an idiot. I thought that was actually happening at Extreme Rules. So that's happening after Extreme Rules in Saudi. When is the Saudi show? October. No, the first week of November. Is it? Yeah, between, okay. between Extreme Rules and Survivor So it's after Survivor Extreme Series. Rules. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Hello. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, this is his third match in the WWE. This is third match. Yeah. His third match in the yeah. WWE yeah. is for their, their biggest title. Right, right, right. Um, good third for him? Match. Good for Logan Paul. Good for him. But in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't fucking matter. Because these main events and big title changes and big matches at, at these shows that are uh, in Wales, in Japan, in Australia. Saudi, in Australia, nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. It's, it's a, a super duper souped up uh, house oh, show. Right, so while yeah, while Logan Paul versus oh fuck, that's cool. But Kofi versus Brock was supposed to be real cool, and it was just a, a squash. Why? Because ain't no way Kofi's winning anything. So until like we have a actual t- 
title change of significance, which I thought is what we were going to get at Clash of the Castle. But until we do, I'm not taking these um, title matches super seriously, other than, wow, they could be really cool exhibitions. Um, didn't the title change hands at uh, the last Saudi show before the Royal Rumble? When uh, Not for the big belt. Brock lost it to somebody or Lashley lost it to somebody? Lashley no. lost it. He yeah. got Elimination Chamber was in Saudi. And he got punked out like 30 seconds in and he like, eh, he left. And, and who he was won the it? champ. Who won it? Uh, Brock did. You remember? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Lashley losing something to Brock. Come on. <laughs> now he's nitpicking. Come on. <laughs> I think, um, man. I would like to think that there's more places in Saudi for WWE to go, which is why I like Clash at the Castle so much. Yeah. Um, Dougie says it's a money grab. The Saudis love their American favorites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, but, as I'm sorry, as big of a YouTube star as Logan Paul is, I don't think that he has that big of a following in Saudi Arabia. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's going to be that big there. We have to double check some of those YouTube clips because we talked a lot of trash about, man, Goldberg's old. Goldberg can't move anymore. It's two spears and a jackhammer and it's done. But then you go on YouTube and it's got like 20 million views in 48 hours. And you're like, well, I guess somebody likes it. No, you're right. But we're still talking about the world of wrestling. While, yes, Logan Paul has had a good showing the last couple of matches and he's really taking it seriously and that's very respectable. He's a lot different than Goldberg if you're talking about wrestling fans internationally around the world. What brings eyeballs to the product when it comes to Logan Paul isn't wrestling fans. It's the dirty casuals that have already followed Logan Paul from his actual YouTube career of doing crazy shit on YouTube. My point is that I don't think that translates to Saudi wrestling fans. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think he's that big in Saudi, but I could be wrong. What do you think of uh, the big debutante debut of War Games for Survivor Series coming up in November? I am cautiously excited. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Where's the trepidation coming from? That it's uh, main roster WWE. While uh, the excitement, I, I guess I guess the better question is, where is the excitement coming from? The excitement is coming from the fact that in uh, NXT that was ran by Triple H, it was pretty fucking cool. Uh, now, Triple H is running main roster WWE. He's bringing this back. It, it's probably going to be pretty fucking cool. So, we'll see. Um, I mean, there, there's still plenty of the Vince stink around lot yeah there's, there's still a lot of that there you know uh to where i'm not like balls to the wall head over heels in love with the wwe product uh am i watching the wwe product yes where i went you know what was it like, like six months nine months whatever it was from transitioning from 2021 into 2022 where i wasn't watching diddly squat <laughs> yeah but now that triple h has taken over i'm watching it again but now it, it's like i'm not in a coma <laughs> but i'm still on life support you know what i'm saying You're, the iv is still here it, it, it's kicking in a little bit slowly but i'm not running marathons <laughs> not that you did before well, <laughs> um 
selfishly as a fan, if they would have announced that before tickets went on sale, I'd probably be there. Um, okay. A, there is a part of me. I don't want to sound like an asshole when I say this. There's a part of me that only wants to see one War Games match. And it isn't... So, wait, there's going to be two? There's a men's and a women's, right? There's a men's and a okay. women's. And I don't say that as a slight to the women. Because the last War Games that we had in NXT, I thought the women's War Games match was better built, had better stars, and it had more anticipation behind it than just NXT black and gold versus NXT wet behind the ears. Because we kind of knew where that was going. Okay. The women's one, I was like, man, if th- this is the year that if we only have one War Games match, let it be the women. Let them have the main event. Give them the moment to shine. Okay. Um, there's, it's, it's been building so well for so long. You have to do Bloodline versus Faces as the War Games match. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. as much as I would like to see Bailey and Io and Dakota probably tear her calf again in another match. And yeah. four on four. I'm not sure if that's if if that's worthy of having a war games match for the sake of oh well the guys can do it so the girls have to have one participation or whatever mm-hmm. it, and it also cheapened you know like lockdown TNA if every match is a fucking cage match at some point it's yeah. all it all yeah. worse than it's all the same <laughs> one point UFC yeah yeah <laughs> um, um, Doug says uh, the 2019 uh, war games match uh, for the women was awesome yeah yeah. Um, but I guess I'm I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, just by curiosity, I'm gonna watch them both. Um, I think the the other hook that got baited for me was um, it's not gonna be brand supremacy. It's gonna be storyline driven. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of my favorite Survivor Series matches was a uh, five on five team rated RKO versus Team DX. That, that was had, a good That had match. DX, the Hardys, and, and CM Punk. That was his, like, coming out yeah. celebration. ECW, CM Punk. Yeah. yeah. Um, WWE, ECW. right now yeah. just remembering that shit. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that there had been years from where the old school Survivor Series format had gone away. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was the one anomaly of the Deadly Game tournament in 98. It's a Deadly Game. <laughs> but for the most part, that it kind of faded out, so... I felt like that match with DX and RKO kind of brought that classic match back into some kind of prominence. Yeah. So if they're doing that again, storyline driven as opposed to we're just going to do blue versus red. Who was on the rated RKO uh, team? It was uh, obviously Edge and Orton. Mike Knox because he was feuding with CM Punk. Okay. And... That's a good question. I'm trying to remember what that team was. It couldn't have been Eminem. Uh... Was it Hassan Benjamin? No. No? Oh, no. Hector, look that up. <laughs> I know it was DX, the Hardys, and CM Punk. DX was feuding with Rated RKO. CM Punk was feuding with Mike Knox because uh, Kelly, 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 Kelly tried to undo her bra. Right. And Mike Knox was the first one eliminated in like 30 seconds. Yeah, like three yeah, seconds. Yeah. And everybody in Team DX was like, was he in the match? Was that guy? Who's what? I, I, but you caught me. I don't know what. I don't remember who that well, other two. Miz and Morrison. Hector says it's Miz and Morrison. Okay, Miz and Morrison. What year was that? Yeah, that was uh, 2008? Seven? Uh, Nine? Uh, Late? 2007. Seven? Or 2008. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, Hector says it's Miz and Morrison. Okay. And I believe Thank you. Hector. Thank yeah. you, Hector. 
Um, Give me some match of the week candidates. It's been a while. Oh, man. Um, Is there anything that now, stands out? Yeah, yeah. For match of the week for me, I, I guess I'm going to go with my, my pick. Um, unless you can convince me otherwise. My pick is uh, MJF versus Wheeler Yuta uh, from Dynamite this uh, yesterday. Yeah. That was good. I, it was really good. Um, my nit to pick... It ended kind of abruptly. Like, I wasn't expecting that to be boom right there. It was, what? Now, yeah. now I usually like when, when my expectations are subverted. Um, and a huge expectation was subverted in that one, Wheeler lost. And two, that if Wheeler was going to lose, it was going to be due to some sort of shenanigans, underhanded tactics. No, that's not what happened. Again. He lost and tapped to MJF. What? After tapping to Garcia when he lost the Regal Von Pure title. I, that's uh, the second time in a row he's lost by tap out. Ooh, Hector was wrong. Hector said it was Morrison and Shane Helms. Okay. I don't remember that. Why would Morrison and Helms be... I mean, it would make more sense if it was. Is it more? No. Well, I'm 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 like using three things on my phone right now. Yeah. So. Eh. Whatever. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, the the match. Yeah. Inverted. The, yeah. Subverted. Yeah. My my expectations were subverted because knowing that we either just came off of that loss, I was like, okay, well, we we need to win. But I could see how they don't want to take the shine off of MJF. So MJF could win, but if he's going to win this underhanded tactic. Edge lost a lot before he cashed in his money in the bank and beat Cena for the belt. So I wouldn't yeah. have minded if MJF won on like a fluke roll-up or a, or a, or a schoolboy. A, a low a blow. That, muffler. A low blow that the ref didn't see. Or like part yeah. of his new stable coming in and helping him or something, yeah. you know? Like I definitely was not expecting a clean tap-out victory by MJF. Yeah. And... Well, that modified finisher looks good though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think what threw me off even more was not I don't it wasn't MJF going babyface, but MJF hesitating on I don't need you guys to help me beat this guy up. Why are you who sent you? Why the fuck you do, what are you doing here? Yeah, and that I am Cuz he's fooled me enough. He has fooled me. He's fooled me like 3 times already. Yeah. Um and, and that's the other thing that I'm just not too sure about, man. Cuz like was this a teasing of a face turn for the sake of just teasing something? Or are they really trying to do something? Maybe Tony thinks, well, shit, I lost CM Punk. And you know what? Let's just give the keys to the castle to MJF and make MJF be the fucking baby face of the company that Punk was supposed to be just to spite Punk. Uh, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're thinking there. Because I, I almost can't picture a baby face MJF, but... Anti-hero MJF. Punk, okay. See, Stone Cold Steve Austin was never a baby face. He was just a rebel that everybody liked. Oh, it wasn't necessarily tag teams. Okay, Hector says Helms was feuding, was, was feuding with Matt Hardy and Morrison was feuding with Jeff Hardy for an Intercontinental title. Gotcha. That's okay. what it was. So it wasn't tag teams. It was... Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Hector. I will see... 
your MJF and mm-hmm. Wheeler Yuta, and I will raise you. Okay. Jungle Boy versus Phoenix from Grand Slam. That, that has was good. That was your really good. your list of credentials for yeah. match of the year candidacy. Yeah. None of it hits. There was, there was no bill. No it bill was just thrown together for it's nothing. For nothing. Yeah. But they're both going to just go on sale. They mm-hmm. cross streams. They're going to sail their own merry way yeah. going forward. They're yeah. probably never going to run this back in there's, the next There's two or three no years. stakes. There's no reason for this yeah. match to happen. Yeah. And on the other side of the coin, there was no fucking reason for this, this match, match to, to be, be that, that good. good. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Missed that. that- <laughs> that, that good that match was too good it had no business being that good none you're talking about subverting expectations yes you could have given me 15 more minutes and i wouldn't have noticed and i would have probably wanted 15 more on top of that yeah that was so good yeah that did a lot for jungle boy's credibility yes um which has been kind of shaky because he he let's call a spade a spade here jungle boy had always been a kind of a comedy act. Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, and, and Luchasaurus. It was like, ah, look at that. It's a little one. Oh, it's the kid. Oh, and he has a time. Wait, there's an even littler one? The oh boy my and his dinosaur. Yeah, it's so, like, it's yeah. funny. And then they gave him the theme song that yeah, just fits. It's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And I'm not saying funny don't equal money. Funny yeah. does equal money. I like funny wrestling. Goofy shit is cool. I'm with, I'm with Simon on this one. Simon from What Culture. Give me the goofy shit. I like the goofy shit. I do. I do. But. But you only get so far in in, in wrestling on that. You don't become, you know, uh, a world heavyweight champion just based off of funny. You got to be funny and something else. When we're talking about DX, when we're talking about The Rock. Kofi Kingston answered the chat. (laughs) Kofi? What? I mean, because he, oh. he funny doesn't equal money. I mean, he threw pancakes yeah. and gyrated like a damn stripper. Well, good. That was the next one I was going to say. Yeah. New Day. But they weren't just funny. They added other stuff to that. Okay. And, and even with even with Kofi, Kofi had plenty of wrestling credibility before that and, and before the New Day. And even in the New Day. There's plenty of wrestling credibility, and he would he would be what I would say is probably the most extreme case of funny actually equaling money. But even then, how many other people can you point to, you know, that are more funny? The you know? closest thing was that split second that you thought, man, Santino could leave Elimination Chamber <laughs> with a fucking belt. Because he was so good. Yeah. And... I, okay, the, the point is, um, you're trying to turn Luchasaurus heel, and you're trying to make this big feud with Jungle Boy and Christian Cage based off of, oh, avenging my family, avenging my dead father, and I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to show you the bully who's the old guy. Who, like, th- There's nothing about that story that fits a funny character. Right? Your character sometimes has to fit your story. Your story sometimes has to fit your character. And, like, there's nothing funny about the themes of the story that they're trying to tell. Right? It's supposed to be serious. So, Jungle Boy's presentation during that feud leading up to the whatever you call what happened at All Out. That wasn't him becoming serious or trying to see shine a different light on him for you to see him in a different way? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is... 
this has gone, and that match, too, both gone a long way to add to the credibility of, hey, this guy is more than just a comedy act. Mm-hmm. He's got the wrestling chops. And he, boy, did he fucking go with Ray Phoenix. Hey, gee, hi, yeah. That's that's probably that's definitely probably most likely not going to top what we have on our match of the year list so far, which is that six man tag of United Nations against the yeah. Elite. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but goddamn, it gave him a run for its money mm-hmm. because I told you in that chat as soon as that match was over, if we're going from ding to ding. I'll, yeah, I could between, make, I between could the bells. Yeah. And, thank, and uh, again, there's nothing, yeah. nothing that I should I, be bragging about. I was able to catch that match commercial free. Yeah. And it. <laughs> if, if we're at the end of the year and we're doing our, our year in review episode and you bring that up as an honorable mention match, I'm not going to scoff at it. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think with AEW, we have plenty of honorable mention matches. I'm still. I, I still want to try to do the argument that I tried to do on our last episode, which is, yo, we preemptively switched our match of the year candidate for AEW. Um, so I, I, maybe we should have gone with Punk and, and uh, uh, MJF with the dog collar, but you shot me down then. I'm sure you're going to shoot me down now. Um, but Put a yeah. tack in it. All right. I won't come back to it if you remember. Okay. If it's If it's... If your want for it to be on the list is that strong, then it should remain strong when we come to it at the end of November, December. Parao, I see. Sponsored by Blue Chew. Mm. <laughs> mm. Ah. <laughs> All right. Let's run down through some of this stuff real quick because we got season premieres abound. All right. Friday. Friday. Smackdown. Michael Cole, Wade Barrett on commentary. What do you think of the new commentary team? I like it. I like I, I like that team a lot. Uh, Wade Barrett, I think, as a commentator is criminally underrated. Um, is he as good as Corey on color? No. I don't think anybody has beaten out Corey on color. Uh, but Wade is a great fucking color commentator. Um, now, play-by-play... It doesn't get any better than Cole. Cole is probably the best play-by-play commentator out there. So you got the best play-by-play with the second best color, I would say, in, in WWE. Um, yeah, sign me up. And they, they, as far as I remember, I don't remember them being a, a team before unless on like no. some random NXT or main event or some shit. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to see what they can do. Yeah. It's fresh and it's and yeah, you. It, this is weird coming from me, but I don't think this is the first time I've I've said this. You you're you're ha- you're heaving praise towards Wade Barrett. Yeah. Ever since McAfee showed up on that SmackDown commentary team, it's been the most comfortable I've heard of Michael Cole. He's actually breaking out of his shell. He's yeah. actually standing up for stood up for McAfee when Corbin was doing all the shit behind him yeah. and almost like almost stood up yeah. to him in a sense. Like I mean some of that could be Vince being out of his ear. That you know, too, you know. But Triple H saying, "Hey, you could use words like wrestler now." Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm. If Michael Cole now is anything like Michael Cole during um, the debut of the UK tournament for the UK title when it was Cole and McGinnis, mm-hmm. no one in their ear but each other. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I'm getting right now out of Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. This is probably the most. 
I've gone past tolerable. I actually like Michael Cole right now. And, and see, that's nothing. That that's there's people that have grown up wrestling is like Jr. is gonna be my voice, or yeah. if you weren't that team. Oh, Tony Schiavone is always gonna be my voice. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole, he's been there since fucking the mid nineties. He's gonna be the voice for for the for this generation, generation coming yeah. up now, if not for Which, the stalwarts in the middle. Yeah, like like there's gonna be a lot of people that don't like Cole that wanted Cole to be fired before the whole gimmick. Cole unhinged. <laughs> before a whole gimmick of him being in that fucking soundproof the coal class. mine yeah. i was a coal miner for a little yeah. bit yeah like i think him getting threatened to be fired lit a fire under his ass where he he not severely but greatly improved uh during that very small time period so while there still might be a lot of people that remember the before coal like they don't give Cole enough credit for what he actually is. He handles the the traffic probably even better than better than Excalibur. And I really like Excalibur. Excalibur is my favorite commentator in all of wrestling right now. But I think from a technical standpoint of calling commentary, Cole handles traffic the best. You know, saying, Okay, now we're going to go commercial. This is what we're going to do. We're going to he he is the fucking maestro directing the other commentators where to go. And I wouldn't be surprised if fucking production takes their cues from Cole the way he's starting to do an inflection. Oh shit, we're going to have to go to you know commercial or something like that. Like I bet they just the synergy there is just so good. He's just that great how at the technical hear, ability. How often do you hear Cole fumble when he's talking? Never about- exactly. Never exactly. Never. That's that's alert. Oh, he's so good. Uh, Monsoon and Heenan for yes, Monsoon and Heenan are good. Why not bring in Mario Mauro Ronaldo? Ronaldo. I can never say his name. Uh, I mean, Ronaldo. I don't see, I don't see why not. Uh, eventually, at some point, but I, I don't. See, I used to really, really, really like him, but then something just didn't work because I think he. I think he started drinking his own Kool-Aid a little bit too much and he started being himself turned up to 12 whereas I don't I I, I don't 11's max. Yeah, 11's max. Like he kept trying to do the cutesy um uh pop culture references and really yeah. shoehorn them in there. It was shoehorning like, references that not every not not every yeah. rest, He was doing he was shoehorning references and I hate to say this in a negative way that was leaning towards casuals as opposed to people that watch the show every week. Right. It got to that. And even then he was going to pop culture. Like he was going like pop culture underground pop. You know, and it was like, what are you talking about? So, like, even casuals wouldn't know what he was talking about, yeah. you know, which is okay for the lulls every now and again, but he was shoehorning one to two per match, you know? It's like, bro, you need to do one per night. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think he was trying to, to get too much into his own, his own Kool-Aid. Ricochet versus Solo Sokoa, one-on-one, number. Is this at Extreme Rules? This is SmackDown. God damn it. When are we going to Okay. Uh, Solo Sokoa versus Ricochet, number. Anticipation uh, level is a six. Seven. Who you got winning? Solo. Solo. Solo's the new toy. Gunther versus Sheamus Part 2. On SmackDown? For the Intercontinental Championship. They're this is running on it. SmackDown. They're running it back. Yes, sir. Uh, if this was at Extreme Rules or at the Saudi show, I'd be like, okay, yeah, cool, ten. 
But no, this is on SmackDown. It's nine. This is going to be the middle match of a rubber match series. So, I mean, I guess that technically means that Sheamus will win, which would be nice. Wins the strap off of Gunther? Yeah, because you got if you got to set up a rubber match. Yeah. Okay, I'm at an eight. The All first right. match blew me away because mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it. Um... So I have to temper my expectations for to expect greatness to happen twice. You know, it has happened before. I mean, Ilya Dragunov versus Gunther 2 was a completely different match from Ilya Gunther 1. And I dare say I like them both equally. And okay. I like them both a fuck ton. Metric. Metrically, a fuck ton. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this, I'm, I'm going to lower my expectations a bit at an 8. And if they surprise me again, fuck it. They surprise me again. <laughs> AEW is having Battle of the Belts tomorrow also. Okay, yes. Live. So yes. they have Rampage live from 9 to 10, and then Battle of the Belts from 10 to 11? Yeah, that's an how, hour. That's About how an hour. time works. <laughs> Willow Nightingale against Jade Cargill for the TBS title. I would be at about a 6. Cut the shit. Give me a real number. But it's Willow, so I'm at a seven. Oh, my God. My God, do I love Willow. Ooh, she's losing some weight, too. A little bit. A little bit. Akina. Everything else is the way you want it to be. Oh, oh God damn. That smile. She can sell toothpaste with that smile. Oh, God. I love her so much. I just want to, like, wrap her up in a bow and just eat her. So, like, old school Bailey from NXT Pokemon evolves into Smiley Coyote. And then Smiley Kylie evolves into the ultimate Willow Nightingale. Oh, God. I just... (laughs) Oh, can I have one, please? Shoot your Uh, shot. What's up, Willow? (laughs) How's it going? Oh, man. God. I am smitten every time I see her. See, uh, the first time I I saw her was actually on WOW uh, when she came out as Eye Candy. Mm -hmm. I-C-A-N-D-Y. Right? And oh god, I was smitten then, but I'm oh, because because it, it was wow, so you didn't really get to show off like your wrestling chops, and she's actually pretty good. Yeah. And it's not just the weird like caricature characters like in wow, uh, like oh she actually is this this bubbly and cute and adorable. Oh my god, I love her, dude. Yeah. Her match against Roxy at Final Battle, the Ring of Honor's mm-hmm. last pay per view under the last regime, yeah, under. Carrie Silken, I think it was. Uh huh. It was a banger. Yeah? It was good. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. Mm. Now, that being said, I'm still at a seven because she's just going to be victim number 39. Or 38. What, what are we at? I don't uh, know. It's 39. I'm okay. going to be at a seven also. And it isn't so much because of the talent in the ring. It's going to take a lot for me to change this opinion that I still have. Rampage and, to a lesser extent, these Battle of the Belt specials, Mm -hmm. they are filler. When when you've got – when 20% of your Rampage episode is highlights from from Dynamite, you're a B-show. When Battle of the Belts is at a date and time that most of your wrestling audience is not going to watch live – in your, in your in your hand, 
the your in your opinion, the five most popular characters in AW right now, whether it's whether it's a person or a team. Team counts as one finger. FTR, FTR, MJF, uh, Mox, Wardlow. The fifth person uh, is Jade. Really depends they, on who you ask. Well, it's because of the fault that she's not on every Wednesday night that okay. a lot of people's opinions, Jade's not at that number five. Okay. But when she had that, when that baddie squad first started and people were showing up every week trying to be a part of the group. And she Man, was kind of, I don't know she, why they got rid of that gimmick. I don't know. No, I don't know why. Like, FTR having and Jade being aren't the on ba- that show every week. I don't know why they got rid of that gimmick, man. Because that was a killer gimmick that got people excited. Well, when I went to Vegas, part of the reason to go into Vegas that Porsche wanted to go was because she wanted to see if she could get a part of the baddie section. If you had all these bad bitches dressing up to go to a wrestling show, dude, you would have fucking changed the entire fucking... Uh, uh, acceptance level of wrestling fans. Wrestling could have had a chance of being cool again. Why? Because you have all these hot fucking women now showing up. You know? Instead of just a bunch of sweaty dudes that don't know how to use deodorant. And some dudes. Yes, that too! Some dudes were getting dressed up to go to that show. Yeah! To To either match their girl that's trying to get part of the baddie section... Or, or to grab some or or you know you got a little sunny kiss action you know yeah. trying to you know strut your stuff too okay give him a little wiggle yeah you know, mm. ah see yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah a huge throwback because when the four horsemen first first formed there were fans in that front row in that in that sound stage in Atlanta that were dressing up in suit and tie yeah. and Ric Flair was acknowledging them it was like there's wrestling fans and then there's class. There's four. There's pomp. There's circumstance. There's four horsemen, and then they would pan to the audience, mm-hmm. the the fans in front row, suit and tie, hair all slicked yeah, back, throwing yeah. up the fours. Those were probably plants, but yeah, still. It, well, even most most of the baddies were fucking plants too, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, I roll them, them up weren't. and smoke it. Mm. I mean, yeah, some of them weren't, you know. And if if your product is helping your main demographic get laid. <laughs> Bro, you got a good product. Because your main demographic is 18 to 35 males, right? And if you're trying to make it cool to have their wives and their girlfriends dress up and be a baddie, and then that gets them in the mood because they're all dressed up and they look nice and they're out with the other girls and they're like, okay. You see what I'm saying? But, and, and I know that I'm probably making a mountain out of a molehill here with. The baddie section. But if they really fucking ran with it, this is the culture that they could have built within their own fan base. And sometimes companies fail to do that. I don't care if you sell shoes, if you sell t-shirts, if you're a wrestling company, if I don't care what you are. You need to build your culture in your own base of clientele. And that's something that sometimes companies don't. Companies don't. We'll save that for later. Companies don't realize, right? That if you that, if that they, you influence you influence your fan base, you influence your clientele, and if you could influence your clientele and make them what you need them to be, then it benefits your business. A lot of businesses think that well, 
that the culture is out there and then we service that culture. No, you can influence that culture and then you service back by bringing those dollars in. And that's something they could have done with the baddie section. Sorry, off my soapbox. The reason I threw up my twos at you was because... Because we did twos! Because that's probably how over, for women, the baddie section could have been, been an equivalent to guys in general yeah. doing the scissoring. Yeah. Because that was just organic. It was something that hadn't been done before or in such a long time as far as like... Dude, it ma- dude, you'd want to buy a ticket to go to fucking Dynamite if you know there's going to be at least one or two rows full of sexy women that are fans of wrestling, that like what you like, and are looking at you like, you, you, you are not a snack, you a fridge, because you as big as a fucking fridge, you know? You don't want that? Yeah. <laughs> I just... I just now would be a perfect time to reassess the pieces that Tony Khan has and reflecting off <laughs> your, oh shit reflecting off your quarter hour ratings and see what's working and what isn't and you need to highlight your young stuff fuck you Hector Jade Wardlow FTR Jungle Boy MJF <laughs> Mox because he's he's still getting yeah. he's still pulling you need to highlight that yeah. On your big Wednesday show every week. Hector in the live chat. I don't even want to look. Just tell me. <laughs> Can't wait for when Captain Insano comes out and then we have a bunch of people in the crowd dressed as water boys. <laughs> Fuck you, Hector. <laughs> yes, let's make some more fucking nerds in the audience. Yeah, that's High what we quality need. H2O. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pop versus Trent Beretta for the All Atlantic title. Uh, four. I don't care. Six I, on paper is going to be good. Pac is Pac is great. I've never been the biggest Trent fan. I I like best friends as a stable. I don't necessarily like any of them as individuals, with the exception of Orange Cassidy. As Statlander, if you count Statlander, but she's not she's with not them anymore, anymore. So nah, like Trent is not that attractive to me. Uh, and neither is uh, uh, Chucky e. T. Um, and, and I don't mean that like, oh, they look good. I mean like, I'm not. I Character, don't gra- presentation. I don't gravitate work, to them. Everything. Yeah, I don't gravitate to them uh, when they're when they're the best friends and they're the comedy goofy like, oh, we hug and we're best friends. Like, okay, that's kind of cool. But by themselves, they're, by themselves, they're a little milk toast. You got Pac winning. Oh, yeah. I got pop one. Yeah, because Trent is not going to, like, I don't know. This is supposed to be the not American title, right? And Trent's an American, right? Yeah. I don't know. Extreme rules. Oh, now we're going to extreme rules. Okay, here on we go. On Saturday. Tr- okay, hold on. Hector says Trent was having a good run as a singles competitor before before AEW. Yes, I know. Uh, he, got ru- uh, he got ruined when they made them tag. I don't think he got ruined. I don't know. When your name is a question, I... Well, they got the copyright back. He bought it, so he's Trent Beretta now. Okay, cool. But still. Still, the, where is Trent in the Trent question mark? It was like, I don't know. I never got into it. All right, maybe you'll get into this. All right. A good old-fashioned Donnybrook. Six-man tag. Imperium against the Brawling Brutes. Seven. Um... 
it's going to be a good match, I think. Um, I, I like... I like two-thirds of the Brawling Brutes. <laughs> Let me guess. Ridge the Fridge. Yeah, the one that took Big E off the shelf. I don't know if I can get behind him yet. It's still too fresh. Like, you took away my Big E. Come on. Now, see, Big E. Okay, let's talk about Big E. Oh, shit, Big E, funny equals money. Again, anybody in the New Day, really. Uh, so, Big E and Kofi both. Um they got over with the comedy, but Biggie is still intimidating enough and capable enough in the ring to where it, it compensated for the funny, right? I, and I'm not taking away the, the funny. I like the funny, right? But generally speaking, to wrestling fans as a whole, you have to be over with the casuals, and the casuals don't always necessarily understand the inside jokes that the wrestlers have from, or that the fans have from watching the wrestlers. Like if if I'm anywhere out in public, and I'm with a wrestling fan, and I say "scissory daddy ass," they have yeah, they have no idea what the fuck's going on, and they think we're fucking weirdos. And I hate right? to agree and they with don't you. get it. I hate to agree with you, but I was gambling in Vegas a few weekends ago with my nephew, and I broke him out of his shell by doing the scissoring handshake. And the people were staring at us like, "Are they gay?" <laughs> they high fived us, but when we were doing it, they were looking at us like, "Yeah, they're both autistic." I think. Yeah. Um. Well, I, so I get what you mean. Well, I get what you mean. Yeah. Donnie Brooke, give me a number. I did. Oh, seven. Who's winning? Uh, Imperium. Because Sheamus will have been winning the title. Seven. I've got Imperium winning. Um, you 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 had your your slide about Rich Holland. Mm-hmm. I've got my own little quirks about him. Okay. However, credit where credit's due. Sheamus turned that fucking team around. Okay. I would have never thought people would be cheering for either Pete Dunne or, or fucking um, Rich Holland. There was a clip that floated around on Facebook over the weekend. 30-second clip of the Usos are trying to do something to Ridge. And Ridge slowly, slowly selling. He lifted both of them over his shoulders. And then he squatted and dumped them both and, and cleared it. Wow. And I was not expecting the pop that he got from that crowd. Mm. Was this at a house show or something? No, this was SmackDown. Oh, okay. This was the opening match of SmackDown. Okay. Um, I don't remember that, but I believe and, I, and, and, and saying this with the Big E stuff aside, good for both of them on getting over. Because I didn't think that was going to work. You know, if Pat McAfee made the, had, had his little catchphrase of, it's fight night, baby. And Cole kind of tries to fill it in when he's not there. Yeah. But. It's boss time. Yeah. <laughs> the, best thing about, the best thing about Sasha being gone is that I don't have to hear Cole say it's boss time. As, as much as I gave Cole all the flowers earlier in the show, <laughs> it's time to stomp on a couple of those flowers. God damn it. If, you, if, if Sasha shows up, I hear Sasha's music, and Sasha and Naomi come out, I'm going to pop. But the second I hear Cole going, it's boss time, I'm like, God damn it. I wish you stayed gone. Sasha or Cole? Yes. <laughs> 
Hector in the live chat says, have Butch join Imperium and get his name back. Pete Dunn. <laughs> Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. Eight. Explain. This probably could be a nine uh, on paper. But I, the more interesting stuff that's going on with Judgment Day isn't with Edge. And it isn't with Finn. It's with Dom. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I want to see where, where we're going with Dom and Rhea Ripley. I think us as wrestling fans got what we wanted. Because that was that backstage promo with Ray. And Ray's like, you know what? All along, I didn't think he was really my son. God damn, I want that. I want that so bad. It happened. Yeah. And if they're going to go with it, fuck it. Go yeah. fucking I, I full want, bore. I want them to. That, that's what I'm saying. I want yeah. them to go full bore with it. Oh, man. That's oh, it's literally that's going to be great. It's definitely the most interesting Dom has been since he's been on the main roster. I can't. Here's Dom say, just because you put me on a ladder and you had a match for me doesn't mean you're my real dad. <laughs> um, uh, Dougie. Dougie says, um, who do you blame for Biggie's injury more, Rich Holland or the producer that okayed the suplex? Rich Holland. Yeah, Rich Holland. Yeah. Well, I mean, was it dumb to try to pull off that that basically unsafe move? Yeah, but at the same time, there's plenty of dumber moves that are done that you're at the top. You're at WWE. You are at the highest level you can be. You should be a professional that should be able to pull off stuff, even if it's kind of risky. And I would think after I would think after nearly paralyzing Johnny Gargano on NXT, after breaking his leg on NXT. Agents would be very questionable on whether to have Ridge do spots like that. Yeah. I would actually lean okay. more towards the producer that called that. Really? I would have okay. had anyone else do it to him. I just think that that's a lot of pressure for somebody to do a move on a guy that high on the card in the, in the time of year that it was. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had it. There's no reason that on television you should be doing... Ugh. It's the same thing that AEW is doing right now to like the 10th degree. There's no reason to be doing stuff that's risk that's risky on episodic television that is inconsequential. It's okay. uh, these weekly television shows are building up to the pay-per-view. You want to die, do it on pay-per-view. Get a get a return on investment, get some money, get some buys. You giving that shit away for free? No. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. Like, I wouldn't do half of the stuff AEW is doing. Who is it that said that to the measure of success in wrestling is how much money you made with the least amount of bumps? Yeah, was that bones? I think it's Kevin Nash. Was that Nash? Yeah. Whoever makes the most money with the least bumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking Hector. The question is. Will Wade Barrett dance to Nakamura's song when he comes out? He fucking better. <laughs> I hope Nakamura sees Barrett and then says, hey, what happened to the other guy? <laughs> Man, he fucking better do some dancing. Or Rich Holland might be the second, the second coming of Nia Jax. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, fucking Hector, I'm dead. 
Not until Reed screams out, My hole! Oi, me hole! <laughs> you dumbass. <sighs> so that's how much we like the I quit match. I've got uh, Edge losing. Okay, I agree. Speaking of stuff Triple H is bringing back, Matt Riddle, I can say that now. Matt Riddle. Yes. Against Seth fucking Rollins. You can't say that. In the fight pit. Uh huh. With former UFC heavyweight champ Daniel Cormier. Cormier. As guest referee. Nine and a half. What's keeping you from busting that nut? What's keeping me is um, Cormier. You have no idea what a Daniel Cormier is, do you? I mean, I know that he's a, a really, really good UFC fighter. Rumored for the past two years to be coming into WWE as a talent. But he didn't. Well, he's, he's showing up tomorrow. I know. Saturday. I, I know. I know. But, like, I don't know. It just feels like, hey, let's just get somebody in there and put him in there. Like, this story didn't need a guest a guest referee it, it didn't need it much less somebody that we've never seen before on WWE TV the story you does know? it but does the match no no All we how need... many fight picks have we had three two no there's been more than one one no there hasn't one are you sure it's Matt Riddle versus okay. Timothy Thatcher with Kurt Angle right was the was the guest referee did we need Kurt Angle in there no but we got him. Yeah. Did he make the match better or worse? No. <laughs> so we didn't need him. No on Cormier. No on Cormier. Okay. We we you, you don't need him. You don't need him, especially because he's not integral to the plot of the story. The, 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 <sighs> they have one. Oh, like okay, when, when we had Mike Tyson show up, right with the uh, uh, HBK versus uh, uh, Stone Cold, right. They made an effort to make it part of the story, right? Uh, the the showdown in the ring where Mike Tyson did that really awkward gesturing, yeah, <laughs> you know, was surrounded by his team and the other team, and then like it became a thing, like, oh well, whose side is he actually on? And he had the the DX, and he was doing the really awkward crotch chops. Yeah, it's like he's a great boxer. I know he knows how to use his hands, but why he can't gesture? And actually throw out cross chops, I have no idea. He has but, other people to use hands below the belt. Oh, okay, that's what it is. But, and it wound up being story for the actual match itself. Because, oh, well, what's Tyson going to do? Where's, where's his loyalties lie? What's happening? And then he came out with the shirt, but then he ripped the shirt off, and it was a swerve, and, ah, uh, you know, come up and everything. Like, it was cool. But Cormier, a... Via satellite, but Skype, like, hi, I'm Cormier. You may remember me from such things as <laughs> UFC, UFC 87. Yeah, like, come on. Like, really? That's <laughs> And the ultimate fighter. That's all you got? Like, okay. Like, he's not part of the story. You know? Help me out here. Okay. Because you, as a fan of this person, might know this a lot better than I. Our listeners... Picked Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13 as the match of WrestleMania. 
It won our Mania Madness. Mania Madness, yeah. best match at uh, WrestleMania. Was From WrestleMania's there... one through thirty-two. Yeah, yeah. Were there any pre-taped videos introducing the WWE WWF universe to Ken Shamrock? No. Was Ken Shamrock necessary in the I Quit match between Steve Austin and Bret Hart? No. What moment, what significance did Shamrock play in that match? Not a whole lot. What significance did he play after the match? He became a WWE wrestler. Even before that. Okay, what, what are you getting at? Hart was beating up Steve Austin because Steve never gave up. Mm-hmm. The referee stopped it. Which and is that's Shamrock. when Shamrock did the waist lock slam mm. and threw Bret Hart over and solidified himself as... I'm next. You want to fight somebody? You fight me. Okay. And then, bang, off to the races we go. Okay. I'm looking at this as like, Cormier is going to do something that's going to push the door wide open for him to become Daniel Cormier, new WWE superstar. So then give me a number. What's your anticipation level for this match? Because I'm at a nine and a half. What's keeping you from busting that nut of 10? I didn't watch the first match in Clash of the Castle completely for me to be invested in the continuation of this. Okay. Daniel Cormier's bringing me up because I'm curious what he's going to do or if he's uh, uh, an acolyte of Seth Rollins. Or is he going to just buddy up with Matt Riddle because it's the thing to do if UFC guys, but the but, MMA yeah. guys bu- uh, buddy up? Although or... Brock and Riddle have not been buddies. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? Maybe there's stuff between Riddle and Cormier from UFC that we don't, as wrestling fans, aren't privy to. That maybe there's still some hate, there's still some shade, unfinished stuff going on on that end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that's keeping me is the placement of this. Because if you remember the fight pit match with uh, Riddle and, and Thatcher, yeah, that main evented an episode of NXT, which was ninety percent live up until that match. That match was air taped because they had to set up the fight pit. More importantly, they had to remove all the ropes. That okay. shit takes time. Yeah. So. Is this going to be a match that's going to be pre-taped inside an empty arena? Because remember, the, it was during COVID. It was also during an empty arena. Or are there, is there going to be a nice 15-minute video package and some backstage interviews or, or an introduction to Cormier while they do everything? Or is it going to be like the fucking lion's den where it's in the corner away from center that's going to be that's going to look kind of weird it might not even i don't know there's a lot of intangibles of yeah. having a live fight pit match on pay-per-view as opposed to doing everything taped where you can actually cut stuff up and move stuff around sir i think you underestimate the speed and the sheer volume of people in the rigging and crew production side of WWE they got a small army they can they can probably tear apart that ring pretty fast and set up the fight pit pretty fast. Five minutes. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. Um Dougie, how quickly do you take tear down the ring? And it's not tearing down the ring, it's just taking off the ropes and the buckles. 
Um, assuming that the fight pit's already preset and they just up, lower with the it. They just lower it. They just lower it around the ring. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fucked up if they left the buckles, <laughs> left the posts and the buckles without the ropes. Damn, Yeesh. that'd be brutal. Uh, Hector says it looks like a, a cage type with a walkway on top. Yeah, yeah, it's a cage with the walkway. Yeah, catwalk. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it easy to call Riddle winning this, or should Rollins win this too? I want I want Riddle to win it, and I think Riddle should win it, and I think Riddle is going to win it because Riddle is a very astounding zero and one in the fight pit. Yeah, <laughs> and he what's his record against Rollins? Zero and one. Zero and one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's doing. What's up the for, Texans' for record right now? Well, zero and a lot, <laughs> and they have a, a tie somewhere. <laughs> Which, I'd rather them have lost all their ma- all their matches, all their games instead of. Have one tie. Uh, fastest we ever got the ring is set up at the show was 45 minutes with four of us. That's what Doug said. For mm. the, U- the UPW ring. Okay. That's pretty Fuck nice. it. I've got Riddle winning. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross in a strap match. Give me a number. Eight? I don't know where I really stand yet with Karrion Cross. Like, I was excited that he came back. I was excited to see uh, Charlotte. Scarlet. Scarlet was with them. Um, I'm not excited about him taking out Drew. And I know that was established and we had plenty of time to build it. But I don't feel like, one, is he's that big of a threat to Drew. And two, that it even matters if he wins or loses this because the sights weren't Drew. It was to be past Drew and on to Roman. But he kind of has to get through Drew. Why? Reasons. Wrestling. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I don't think this match matters. It's like a speed bump for, for Cross. So, I, who's winning Cross? Cross has to beat Drew. Yeah. Which is why he's not. Oh! Not oh! Yeah. All right. Willing to bet that they have close to 30 people to build the pit. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, I've got Drew winning. I'm at a seven. I hate stipulation pay-per-views because this is their first actual match against each other, and it's a strap match. Yeah, that's another part of it too. That doesn't, doesn't need to be. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a strap match. Yeah, that should have been on SmackDown. That could have main evented your SmackDown, and you could put Gunther versus Sheamus for the title on the pay per view and move the 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 and do the freaking six man tag on Smack on SmackDown. Okay. Uh, yeah, eight. I got Drew winning. Okay. Uh, co main event. Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey. Extreme rules for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I'm gonna go with an eight. Um, I am a little bit higher than what I think I would be for this match because a lot of the shine, a lot of the the luster uh, for Ronda in my eyes is gone. Um, Tell it to them. I'm gonna take a sixty second timeout real quick. I'm sorry I had to do this to you. Uh, Talk to the audience. Yes. We're so professional here, as you could tell. 
Make sure you close the door so we don't hear you taking a piss. Anyways, yeah. Um, some of the luster of uh, 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 Ronda Rousey is just gone for me. And uh, I was one of the biggest proponents of saying that, yeah, Ronda Rousey versus Becky, I want to see it. Uh, and uh, when a lot of people were jumping off of the bandwagon of wanting to see Becky versus Ronda, Becky versus Ronda, I was thoroughly riding that bandwagon. And then the match happened. And it was cool. And then Rousey went away, and she just, uh, said that wrestling's dumb, and that wrestling fans are dumb, and she doesn't want to be a wrestler, And but she is, and was it a work, was it a shoot, does she just not know how to cut a promo right? I, I don't know, man, it just, it, it sucked, and while she has improved, hello Chris, while she has improved, I don't know if I... I don't think she's grown, if that makes sense. As much as I wanted it to happen, I don't see Liv Morgan as a viable, believable women's champion. So you thought I was talking about Liv. I was talking about Ronda. What? Yeah. I think she's improved in the ring, but I don't think she's grown in the ring. Like, I think she's she's the same person that she was when she debuted. And I, the, I, I think that might be character-wise. Here's the question. Grow into what? She was brought in as a former UFC women's champion. Yeah. She, brought, she was brought in. She debuted in a tag match against Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. She's already won the uh, women's championship. And she's already main-evented at WrestleMania. What... What else is there for Rousey to do? You know what the what's the left? Rumble? No. She needs to be <gasps> interesting. She's not interesting. She looks like she don't want to be there, bro. Right. I don't she, know what happened. She just like she doesn't have that charisma that we saw that we thought would translate, which she's she kind of came in this. Yeah, she came. And we thought she just was going to have an upper trajectory because not only was she former UFC and blah, 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 this and that, and oh, she's a badass, which I'm not taking any of that away from her. But part of the upside, the upperness of her upside was that she wasn't going to be just Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar, uh, UFC guy, and uh, he was boring and he didn't do anything. He didn't have any charisma. He didn't have any personality. Now he's a farmer. Ronda, on the other hand. Ronda was a, she's a fucking wrestling fan. She was a wrestling fan before she wanted to do UFC. In fact, she only did UFC because she wanted to be a wrestler. And you know what? She's friends with Roddy Roddy Piper. And Roddy Roddy Piper gave her the goddamn rowdy name. He gave it jacket. to her. And the jacket and the blessing and everything. Like, oh my Black God. Shirt. Cool. Are we going to have the a, a fucking Piper's pit, but it's going to be Ronda's roustabout? I don't know, but she's... I don't know. Is she gonna? <laughs> is she gonna have like a charismatic talk show, and she's gonna be like like this known for being a talker besides being a, a kick ass person in the ring? And she wasn't. We're adding roustabout to the HWR <laughs> fucking dictionary. Oh my god. Right now is not the time for Ronda Rousey to be fighting for the Women's Championship. Right now, there is a feud that could give you what you want. Give me what I want. Rousey versus Baszler. That would make 
both um interesting. interesting. Right, that would be instant interest. Why? Because of the history, the four horsewomen of wrestling, which we've never got to see. The four horsewomen of wrestling no. versus the four horsewomen of MMA, kind of you know doing their thing together. We never That's a hell of a that. scissor, <laughs> scissory. Ah. Uh, yeah, I, like we never, we never got that, and you had the opportunity to do it, and you never pulled the trigger. So. What's the second best? Let the four horsewomen of MMA implode in wrestling. But no, that, that tease, excuse me, that tease that we got That's was less was. than a tease. It was like, hey, you need to step your game up. Bitch, don't tell me to step my game up. Boom. Oh, and now we got a thing going. But no, it was like, oh, yeah, you right. I got to step my game up. And then you didn't even step your game up. So it's like, come on, man. Like that was a, a nugget of story that went nowhere. AEZ9003, somebody else with uh, letters and numbers, has joined us in the live chat, and he says, hello. Well, hello. If I'm not mistaken, that is a she. A she? Thank you for coming. Oh. Anna. Oh. <laughs> is that so? It is so. Oh. It has been willed to be so, therefore it is so. Ah. And there's so. I've got Morgan winning this. Morgan. Yeah. Okay. They're gonna ride this thing into the ground. I don't. I don't think they're gonna let this go that easily. Morgan's one. You see, I, I don't have a problem with Liv. Liv has been interesting. All my complaints and bitching and moaning has been about Ronda. Um, she had the the grassroots, you know, behind her. She organically became somebody that that uh, the people wanted to see become a champ. She became a champ, and then it was. There were some people were like, "Okay, ugh, maybe it was premature for her to be a champ." And she's like, "No, I hear you. Cool, I'm gonna try to step into this role even more, and try to step up even more, and develop a character, and be a little bit more interesting, and all that stuff." Like, I think she's done well as a champ, um, and she's going up against what. Could be the toughest woman on the roster to, to wrestle against kayfabe-wise, right? So, yeah, this tracks for for Liv's side of things. Ronda is the one that I'm not enamored with. Gotcha. I think the only exception I would make is if you did mm -hmm. have the gumption to the to put Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Women's title as a co-main event in Saudi Arabia, would that be the catalyst of the Saudi regime to just let women for once do what women do without the shackles of the flavor that Saudi Arabia provides its people? Possibly. And I think it might be a little bit of an easier sell to do that than any of the um, American style used to be diva but aren't divas now they're women wrestlers and the reason why I say it that way is because the whole reason why the Saudi people and the culture is against the 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 women uh, performing is you know part of their culture but the, the, the part of the culture is that, oh, you're not supposed to be able to see women in that kind of light because they're supposed to be covered up because their sexuality is what is sinful to the male gaze. Mm -hmm. 
right? So if you put, you know, uh, Liv Morgan and fucking Natalia. Lacey, in, well, not, Natalia to a lesser extent, but like the, the the women where their gimmick is they're cute or they're hot or they're sexy, right? If you put them on, then it's a little bit tougher pill for the, those people to swallow. But if you put two women in there that are real badasses from MMA who don't have, hey, I'm the pretty girl gimmick, you know, and their gimmick is, no, we are fighters. Let us fight. And we really do fight for real in real life. Then, or close enough to kayfabe that is that yeah to sell it to them that yeah. oh shit this then is not yeah. maybe that part of it that part of it might be a better sell to the Saudi people you know like I don't see you know the the what what were those DVDs back in the day that WWE used to used to produce divas and hedonism or whatever all that shit where it was just like all the fucking divas just like in girls gone kind of, wall with WWE watching yeah yeah like they don't they they haven't done any of that kind of shit with Baser or with Ronda no. right and they still have a really great fan base why because they're actual wrestlers and they actually kick ass so there's no there's no titillating the juices of your whatever whatever with them right leave so, that to brennan yeah leave that to brennan <laughs> uh, uh so th- there's none of that there so it might be might be an easier sell to the saudi people to hey this is what women's wrestling is your main event of the evening main event bianca belair versus bailey for the raw women's championship apparently I, I feel like I should question this, but from what I heard on Raw, this is the first ever women's ladder match for a women's title. Okay. And it's Bianca versus uh, Bailey. Mm-hmm. Give me a number. Nine. You're one short. Where is it? I don't know. And I think that's why. It, it, it's, it's missing the su- something. And I don't know what. And maybe, maybe what I'm missing is the unknown. Because we haven't seen this before. We've seen women's Money in the Bank matches. And those are really cool. But it's Money in the Bank. So there's multiple people. So the car crash factor is pretty pretty wild. So the car crash factor can cover up some things, right? Or a lot of things. Yeah. One-on-one... Ladder with Bailey? Not okay. really known for high flying yeah. or, or, or using the ladder to an entertaining advantage, yeah. to an eye pleasing advantage. And Bianca? Kind she's of got the same some, thing. She's got a little bit of athleticism. athleticism. I'm curious to see Not what. Not high she... flying ability. She's pound for pound one of the strongest women. That means, you know, she's, she can. Use her strength to pick up and slam. She's a powerhouse style wrestler. She's not a high flyer. And ladder matches are, are for high flyers. Or if you're going to have a powerhouse, it's because it's a powerhouse going up against a high flyer. Clash a catcher. Yep. A catcher, so to speak. So you could catch the people diving. Right? That's why Kane was in those early Money in the Bank matches. Oh, he was a great pinball bumper. Exactly. Yeah. You had all the fucking little cruiserweights and Kane. <laughs> <laughs> right? But here we have two people that are little. Cruiserweights, or flyweights, or bantamweights, whatever you call them for the women, 
but both of them are not high flyers. One's kind of a, a powerhouse, and the other is a technical wrestler. DMG also notes that Bailey's still coming off of a big knee injury. Yes, that's is a that good point, something Doug. Something that you want is it something you want to do? Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing too. Like, how conservative is she going to be in the ring? Because you think ladder match, you think oh spots. Ooh, give me the spots and. I'm not a curmudgeon person. I like spots. I like Spot Monkey Fest. I do. I really do. I like the Young Bucks. I like the X Division. I like Suicide and fucking Frankie Kazarian. Suicide. Suicide and Frankie Kazarian and, and so all that So how many cool shit. spots do you remember from the women's Money in the Bank ladder matches we've had so far? I think I remember. I do remember one with. One. With. Listen. With. Bianca, where Bianca was doing the old helicopter routine, mm-hmm. right? Um, who was it that jumped off of it? Was it Lacey? Like, she was doing the helicopter, and, like, Lacey jumped and hit it or some shit like yeah. that? But, yeah. No, I don't remember that many. <laughs> um, Cue Charlotte Flair. Ugh. No. <laughs> Seven. They have room to impress slash surprise me. Um, I was at a seven and a half, maybe an eight, until our listener, viewer, uh, fan reminded me about Bailey coming back from that injury. You know, it kind of threw me off a bit. Do you think that this would have been better served if it was a different stipulation? Do you think maybe submission match would have been better? Or Iron Woman match, 30 minutes. I would say calling for the story. I would have made it, and I don't know if this has been done, I would have made it a three-on-three ladder match. Team Bianca wins, Bianca retains the belt. Team Bailey wins, Bailey wins the belt. And just have the belt up there and have all six of them. Oh, man, you can't do that for a world title, man. What if, like, you know, one of the team wins on behalf of, the like, oh. Guess what? Rematches. That's yeah, your next match. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't I'm like giving it. this to you as a teammate, knowing that in return, we run it back because I got this for you. So yeah. I'm your number one contender. Uh, I still don't like for, it. For a face. I don't and like for the it. the heels, they're lackeys to Bailey. So they I don't like it. And you don't like a lot of things. That's true. <laughs> Dougie says, uh, Hell in a Cell. Huh. Hell in a Cell could work. Hell in a Cell could work. Yeah. I still like I still like my suggestion better. <laughs> submission. You or, like a lot of things. Submission or, or thirty minute Iron Man. Iron Woman. I, Iron Woman would be nice. Yeah. Bailey's done that before, right? Yeah, she it was Bailey and Sasha yes, three right. or two. Two. Two? The first match was in Brooklyn. The rematch was the Iron Woman where Sasha made um what's her face cry at ringside. Izzy. Yeah. Izzy, yeah. Yeah. No bastard. Yeah. <laughs> that is your Extreme Rules pay-per-view. No tables, no. Cody. Ta- no, not a tables match. Because table matches are so fluky. However, just like Sheamus proved, tables match is a good way for a champion to lose their belt without being pinned. Yeah. Therefore, the story moves on. Or you could just accidentally step through a table. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Tables matches are too fluky. Tables matches are good for Feuds, not for championships. In my opinion. What does Hector say? Hector says Iron Woman would be better. Okay. 
Number, Extreme Rules, this Saturday. Seven. In Philly. Seven. Seven. Yeah. I might come back to watch half of this. Uh, Columbus Day. I'm off on Monday. I'm probably going to binge this whole thing on Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. <laughs> A few more real quick. Dynamite, this Wednesday. Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus. In Toronto. T- Toronto? Yeah. Canada? Yeah, in Canada. <laughs> Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus, any stipulation? No. Finally, they fight okay. after everything that's gone the on. The eight. Seven. The story is... Flimsy-ish. The, well, the story is with Christian, mm-hmm. not with Luchasaurus, but it kind of is because he's the one that like stabbed him in the back, but then he didn't, then he did. And you need something Ooh. in between while Christian heals, heals up. up. Yeah, so it, it's it's an eight. Ultimately, the, the, Luchasaurus is the mini-boss here. Yeah. Which kind of sucks because you would think the former best friends thing would have been enough. Yeah. It's not. And a six. He's a mini boss. He's a mini boss from Mega Man 2. You had to fight him like six or seven times before you figure out how to beat him. I got Luchasaurus winning this. Okay. In less than five minutes. You know what? I've got Luchasaurus squashing Jungle Boy. You know what? I think I'll agree with you on that one. Luchasaurus is taking this. Yeah. Uh, Swerve against Daddy Ass. Uh, yeah! Give me a number. And it can't be two. <laughs> we the two. Multiples of two. Yes. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Hector. It says no love for New Japan. FTR versus Aussie Open. Did I need to watch that. I that was So that is from the um, Royal Quest show that they do every year in England. That's actually a pay-per-view, not a free show from New Japan. Mm. So even if you have the network, New Japan World, you still got out-of-pocket like $25 or $26 Mm. to watch that, which is why I haven't watched it. So again, I have some spare time. Hopefully the next episode we do, somebody can actually be here with us and we'll get their opinion. Fucking Hector. And maybe we can actually put something from New Japan on our board. Because you know Arnold didn't watch it. He barely goes to fucking Panda Express. Which isn't even, like, real food. Uh, oh, eight. this coming from the guy that doesn't eat real food. Often. Often. <laughs> All right. What, what are we... What were Swerve, we daddy ass, number, oh, multiples uh, of two. Eight. I'm also at an eight. Okay. Um... Man, uh, daddy that, ass is, no swerve, swerve is, is winning. Swerve is definitely keep, winning, but keep man, this going. if daddy ass bring, pulls out a match out of his daddy ass that we're raving about two weeks later when we come back to record again, I will be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. <sighs> Jericho Danielson three for the Ring of Honor World Title. Okay, this is this is Jericho versus Danielson three, three, one, two, three. I'm at a seven. What? <laughs> is it for the ROH World Title? Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, do I think Danielson has a snowball's chance? No. Well, Jer- in Toronto in Jer- October. No, Jericho snowballs just, survive. Jericho just got this belt. 
They're not going to hot potato it after they hot potatoed it off of Claudio. His ROH title. So I'm guessing Jericho has some sort of plan where he wants to show everybody how it's done with the ROH belt. And it's like, give me some time with it. I have this plan and da da da. Okay, cool. And you, he, we need time for him to defeat all of the ROH world champions. Because that's the story now. I'm going to go through all the former ROH world champions. So taking out Danielson... And then losing the Danielson right off the bat, that that kills that whole thing. So he's got to go through Danielson and Joe and Lethal and uh, whoever the fuck else. Like a bunch of people. Roosh. Oh, yeah, Roosh. Because he took out Bandito. Bandito was a good match. Um, so, yeah. They, Jericho has been able to keep up mm-hmm. better than I thought he would in the last six months. Yeah. And credit where credit's due. Almost every wrestling fan talks shit about Jericho's belly. Where is it now? I didn't see one. Exactly. He's actually he's actually putting a lot more effort in. Um, sure, it wasn't a five star clinic against Bandito, but Jericho held held his own. Yeah, it was good. You know, um, Jericho Danielson the last time around was good. And maybe that's Jericho why- Claudio. He held his own. I wasn't expecting him to go full Bison mm. versus Bison with Claudio. But it, 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 it was good. And, and this is another reason why I'm not at a 10 and why I'm at a 7. is because, man. You burn Dan- out on Jericho? No. I feel bad for Danielson. Danielson's having all these high-profile matches and he isn't winning any of them. Like, that's been the story of his career almost. Like, people want him to win, want him to win, want him to win. He lose, 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 lose. Until we're almost at the point like, yeah, wait, let him win something. And then he does. So, at some point, you're going to lose that fervor of of sailing through the, 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 the losses to finally get to the win. Like... Can we just get some smooth sailing with this guy? Let him get some traction, win some matches, become a contender, and then win the big one instead of losing his way to the big one? You know? Yeah. So who you got winning? Jericho? Yeah. I've got... See, there's a lot of things you can do here. You can have... You could have Daniel Garcia cost Jericho the match. Brian wins the title. And then the next big Ring of Honor pay-per-view, you main event it with Daniel Garcia defending the pure title Mm. with rules in it Mm -hmm. against Jericho. Okay. Or you can have Daniel Garcia turn on Brian Danielson and be with the Jericho Appreciation Society all along, leading to... Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson, the rubber match, mm-hmm. because Garcia won the first time, and then the two out of three falls. Garcia won the first one. Danielson won the second, the other two. So it's two and two, and you can have the fifth match for the pure title. Okay. Now either way. Well, okay. Here, here's a different direction that I would go with it. As much as I just like shat on this whole thing about you know Jericho winning and all that, and yeah. and you know. So I'm going to kind of involve Hector's suggestion here, but on a different way. Hector just said, if Danielson wins, we need to hear final countdown play. No, 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 you're wrong. Danielson needs to win. And then the rematch is at final countdown. Bring it back. 
You're going to bring back Final Countdown as an actual show. And then that's where uh, Brian's coming out for his first title defense with the Final Countdown music. Technically, the last show of the year is Final Battle. So I'm not, I'm not sure if you mean Final Battle with Danielson, yeah. with Danielson coming out as the final. The, the final ROH battle. one, the final yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, Final Battle. But that's then a, he has the Final Countdown music. That sounds delicious. That yeah. sounds really good, actually. Yeah. That'd be a nice little tip to the cap for all the diehard Ring of Honor fans yeah. to have Brian Danielson hold it one more, one time. more time. What is what is Nigel doing? Is he still in WWE doing commentary after this commentary shakeup? Um, no, because the NXT UK show conti- has officially had has been sunset. So what's Nigel McGinnis doing now? I have no idea. Either he's um, uh, a part of the committee for uh, NXT Europe build. Okay. Or he's not doing anything. I'm not out of all the stuff that that they did with the shakeup of the commentary. I have no idea what they're doing with McGinnis. If he's free, I would love for him to come to AEW be a commentator there. I would love to him to be a commentator for Ring of Honor only. That's what I meant. Like come to AEW to be the ROH commentator. Ian Riccoboni, Caprice Coleman, Nigel McGinnis. Sign me up, buddy. Sign Fuck me up for it. that. Kill Rampage and make that one hour on Friday beat Ring of Honor television with those three on commentary. That could probably draw as much ratings, if not more, than fucking Dynamite. Yeah. That is it. Okay. Except um, <laughs> you me, are working this weekend. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. Before we get to that. What? There is something... Really big that happened that we didn't talk about. Uh oh. And I know this might be a little premature, but you know we had a, a holiday yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, it was, uh, National, National Scissoring Day. Day! Yeah! Everybody take a drink. Yes. Um, this might be premature, but. If we nominate matches of the year all the time, when we go to our final year in review episode, one of the other categories that we do is segment segment of the year. year. Now, I absolutely loved, even on a second viewing, the segment of the National Scissoring Day thing. It was fucking hilarious. It was great. This was the best promo I've seen Bowens do because usually it's Caster doing the rap and that's it. But Bowens, man, he was on fire there. It was pretty cool. Um, I like the format with the... It was the politician thing. They were in D.C. It made sense. But then Caster turned it into a church thing. And like, what? Like, it, it was just funny. Um, so, you know, I really, I really, really liked it. Any and, flashbacks of uh, the DX promo? Yes. Yes. That DX promo is. Oh, yeah, like this Monday is supposed to be the season premiere of Raw, and it's the DX 25th anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, By the way. I'm, <laughs> you're right. No, I, I'm excited for that DX reunion, even if it's going to be without Daddy Ass. <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone else is going to be there, so I'm fine with it. And I fully expect somebody to say something kind of smart assed about Daddy Ass not being there or uh, Billy not being there, but then. They say is, is that, I don't know something. They're gonna say something that's gonna make you pop. 
Uh, so I, I really look forward to that. But um, no, you are right. That segment did kind of remind me of the DX segment where it was Hunter and HBK in China at the podium trying. Yeah, it was it was great. It was great. And, you know, I hadn't really drawn very many parallels between the acclaimed and DX until last night. And I was like, okay, I see it. You know, the of the 2020s, the DX of the 2020s, you know, cool. I dig it. You know, um, I, I yeah. I just want to give them their flowers for that one. Uh, so far, I really, really enjoy, albeit short, new title reign uh, for these tag team champions. If they really go off and do something with this shit, that's great because the last time a babyface won the tag team title and it was, oh my God, it's all this popping circumstance after, but yeah. guess I don't talking about Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Yeah. Oh my God, they won the title. This is awesome. Oh, what a great fucking match. Oh, they won the title and then, Bubkiss. Nothing happened after that. They were kind of Dead in the water, limp fucking tag team champions. Kind of the same way that happened with uh, Hangman. Oh, man, Hangman is going to do it after three years. He's finally going to get his chance. And then, boom, he won the title. Great. But then his run was kind of, eh. I'm going to see your national scissoring day. And I will call matching the bet on the table uh-huh. for people that play poker. Okay. He comes back from Vegas for one weekend. The fucking segment on SmackDown with Sami Zayn and the fucking bloodline. Oh my god. That was good. That oh was good. Oh my god. I I shed tears of laughter. They built that thing up. Every motherfucker played their part in that mm-hmm. goddamn segment. Mm-hmm. Roman's like Jimmy, Jay, take that, get that shirt off. Jimmy and Jay were and Jay cold. Was, Jay was like tearing it off because Jay doesn't like this motherfucker. And Sammy, and Jimmy looked, was like, "Come on, man!" And Sammy's yeah. standing there like his dog got run over and saw the whole thing yeah. happen. And then Roman's like, "Cause I got you a new shirt." And then Sammy opens it up. The crowd ate yeah. every single was drop of that shit. That was good. And the best, and then the best part was right after he puts it on. He looks at Heyman. Heyman's like, mm. and then he runs up to Roman and acknowledges him as, and he hugs him. And Roman's just like, "Oh man, what am I gonna do?" Like, and he looks at yeah. him, and he looks at everybody, and then he smiled and actually put his arms around him. And Jay's like, "My man." You know, Jimmy's like, my man. And Jake's like, like oh, I got swerved. And Solo yeah. was like kind of backing him up too. Is Dude, it, the backstage segment when yeah. Solo, uh, where, um, uh, or was it the week before? I think it was the week before. Where, so, cause, where Solo was, um, he was like, nah, Jake, you, you can stay back here, man. You didn't do too well earlier. Mm-hmm. And then he's about to walk out. He's like, yo, Sammy, you coming? Yeah. And Sammy's <laughs> all like, bright. And then Jimmy's like, yo, I knew it. And then, J- and then Jay's like, oh, this motherfucker still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love I love the way Solo's playing it. Because Jimmy and Jay, they're like opposite ends of the spectrum. And they're playing it very well. But I was like, what is Solo going to do? Is Solo going to be like the oblivious tough guy that doesn't know what's going on? That's going to be kind of kind of whack. Solo's just but going he's solo. Not. You, could, you could see that he's thinking, well... I don't have beef with this guy, and he seems to be all right with us. So I mean, he's all right with me. He's all right with me. So I'm not like over the moon. Like 
J, uh, like Jay is, but I'm not like pissed off at him like Jimmy is. You got it backwards. So, oh, sorry. I got it reversed. <laughs> so, but he's cool with me, and if he's my backup, and if he's cool with the tribal chief. Or the wise man. Yeah. Then he's down with me. So, yeah, yeah. you going to come help me fuck up this dude? Come on, man. Let's go. Yeah. You know? It's, ah, it's perfect. It's played perfectly by everyone. You're right. Yeah. Where are you going to be at this weekend? All right. So now let's get to that. This weekend, UPW, shut up and wrestle. Uh, <laughs> we are going to be, uh, for the first time ever, in Copperfield, Texas. I know so, exactly where that's at. Yeah, so it's like on the Sad. North, northwest side of like the greater Houston area. It's not, um, you're not Houston no more. You're in Cyprus. Well, I was just saying, the greater yeah. Houston area. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have uh, our first ever show there at that location. So, hopefully, we can get some new faces as well as maybe some familiar faces traveling from one side of Houston to the other to come see us. There's a Long John Silver's nearby. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, but, yeah, we have we have a pretty stacked card. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the list right now, and yeah, it's a it's a pretty good card here. Oh, so we shit. have I can see it from here. Yeah, I know. Uh, so it looks like this. I'm really, really excited about. We're having uh, Sebi Guerra versus Estrella Galactica. So uh, high flyer that's been around the Texas scene forever uh, in Estrella Galactica, taking on a high flyer that's kind of new, you know, uh, uh, to the Texas scene. Been wrestling for what, like five years, four years, uh, in Sebi, and I, yeah, I love Sebi. Um, and then the cruiserweight championship is on the line. We're gonna have the wood chipper, Chris Lyons. Uh, we're gonna throw somebody into the wood chipper, and that's your highness. Um, R.I.P. Your highness. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the kid. Your Highness is great, too. Uh, he's been around for, uh, you know, quite a bit, too. Uh, I wouldn't say he's a rookie anymore. I would say he's kind of in his sophomore stages of the, the Texas independent scene. Uh, but going up against Chris Lyons, I don't care who you are. You're going uh, to have a rough night. <laughs> uh, and then uh, looks like we're going to have uh, Jay Davis and Super Duper on. In a tag team match against Nate Slater and Kid Ransom. So if you've been keeping up with UPW, you know that uh, Blade Enterprises has been trimming, you know, some of their ranks. So, um... Or fat, as you would say. Eh. Uh, Jason Sullivan is out. Jason Sullivan showed up uh, at the last UPW show to a very surprising positive response. Um... Everybody was surprised at how much love Jason Sullivan was getting. And Blade Enterprises didn't like that. They tried to do the numbers game. The numbers game backfired. And we basically had a four-on-four fucking standoff in the ring of, like, pretty much (laughs) ex-Blade Enterprises members uh, versus current Blade Enterprises members. And that was pretty crazy. Um, But... It's just going to be two-on-two. It's going to be a tag match for this uh, main event with Nate Slater and Kid Ransom versus Jay Davis and David Duperon. Uh, So how that affects Jason Sullivan, how that affects the rest of Blade and Prizes, I don't know yet, but we'll see. Uh, So, yeah, come on out. Uh, It's going to be uh, um, Saturday, 
I don't know why that took me, but it's going to be Saturday. So uh, same time pretty much as Extreme Rules. So if you'd rather come watch independent wrestling, well, come on out to Copperfield. And I should be doing, I think I'm doing announcing and not commentary that night. So yeah, come see your boy. So that's that. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. two weeks, we will be back previewing. NXT's Halloween Havoc. Oh. Yes. Have you been dabbling in NXT lately? No. I have not. The only thing I've seen of NXT has been that, like, 30-second clip of uh, Bronson doing Steiner math. <laughs> and I, I pop for that. Yeah, throwback. Yeah. I challenge you to watch at least one hour of the next hour. four hours of NXT television between now and Halloween Havoc. And see if there's anything that boils your potato. Oi. Yeah. All we'll right. be back in two weeks. All right. Well, until then, adios, my friends. Keep it classy. That was good, man. Yes. It came out really good. <laughs>